What is going on at Ole Miss at the quarterback position? We'll talk about that. We'll tell you what we think is going on. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, I'm Stephen Willis, and this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. Hope everybody has a pretty good Monday. We know a great Monday can't really happen, but I hope everybody has as good as one as you can reasonably expect. All right. We are starting a new countdown, basically, until fall camp. I think August 1st or 2nd. I'm not sure about exactly which day it is, but that's right around the ballpark of when fall camp is going to begin. And we are asking, what is Ole Miss doing with the quarterback competition? I know Lane Kiffin is talking about the quarterback competition all the time. It is one of those situations to where it just seems to happen. But... If you listen to what's going on behind the scenes, it makes you kind of wonder if it's not a little bit for show and it's not a situation similar to what Hugh Freeze did with Chad Kelly um, in 2015 when Ryan Buchanan and Devontae Kincaid was always mentioned as a competition, but it wasn't really a competition. The reason I ask this, I've said many times, we are looking at a quarterback room that is better than any quarterback room Ole Miss has had since Glenn Griffin walked the halls back in like 1962. Like 61 years ago was the last time Ole Miss had a quarterback room at this level. I know some people are going to say Archie Manning, Norris Weiss, and all that. That's fine. Probably some people are going to talk about Tom Luke and Russ Shouse. You know, but if you just look at the depth from top to bottom, where it's four deep at serious quarterback contenders, I don't think the room has been this deep. And every time it comes up, it's mentioned as a quarterback competition. Um, Lane Kiffin takes his opportunity to talk about how Spencer Sanders is 100% going into fall camp to where the competition really gets to take off. But on the other side of the coin, you have this going on. And... You know, you have the basic quarterback where Spencer Sanders 100% accurate, whatever, in this quarterback competition. Not counting Walker Howard, not counting Austin Simmons, but let's just focus on the top two. But then you look at what Ole Miss football is doing. And to where everything that comes out, Jackson Dardis has such a prominent role at the moment. You hear rumors all the time about how he has won the locker room. And it just makes you wonder exactly how much of a competition this is. Because we've heard stories about how Jackson Dart looked different in the spring and how much improvement he looks like he made in spring. But yet, the one person that can absolutely kill this quarterback competition, if there is not one, is not doing it. And and the reason I think that is because I think Spencer Sanders is a flight risk at this point. Heck, I think Spencer Sanders is a flight risk until August 15th, August 16th. 
Um, and once you get past that, maybe at that point, Lane Kiffin names a quarterback. But at the beginning of fall camp, he would be silly to do it because if you can keep Spencer Sanders here past about October 15th, I think you'll be in good shape. Because in my opinion, whether he graduates or not, if he graduates, that only means he can transfer um, to an FBS program. But I think he can go to JSU and play a season for five months right now. And that is an option I think is always going to be on the table. So that is the reason I think that Lane Kiffin is so guarded in the competition or conversation about competition. Now, David Walker, um, I think that is Evie Van Pelt's um, husband, um, but he played football at Texas A&M back in the 70s. And he's really big on quarterback play. He's like the expert over there. And he talks about how Matt Corral's QBR jumped from 80 to 89 in his second year under Lane Kiffin and Jeff Levy. He improved his win total from 5 to 10 over one year going into his second year. Big things and big improvements are also expected of Jackson Dart. Remember, I've talked about for 18 months how toolsy of a quarterback Jackson Dart is. And there's just certain things that we want him to clean up. Whenever we talk about issues that Jackson Dart has, it's never been a situation to where he can't fix it, to where his development, he was a final product. It was all just stuff that we wanted to see him do. And we see the offense being built in a way, in year two, to where the running backs are going to use, maybe take some pressure off the middle of the field, Open that up a little bit. Spread some linebackers out, worrying about receivers out in the flat, catching the ball. Because like we've told you many, many, many times before, this offense, when it is running best, is about torturing linebackers. The linebackers absolutely can't be right, and it become it can become a nightmare. And the receivers, um, the running backs in the receiver game and linebackers worried about having to get out in the flat to cover that is going to open up and take players out of the middle of the field for Caden Priestcorn, for Michael Trigg, for the slot receivers like Jordan Watkins. That will be a big thing and probably a key part of Jackson Dart's development. But if you look at Ole Miss, what they are advertising, I mean, look at this picture. Do you think Jackson Dart gets to take that picture if he is not fairly confident of where he's going to end up? I'm not seeing this from anybody else. I'm only seeing it from him. So, on one hand, you look at what Lane Kiffin is saying. Quarterback competition. This is the competition. The best man's going to play. The best opportunity to win is going to happen, which I think is true. The other thing is I think is true is this is the predicted winner, even by the staff that is looking about what's going on. This is a person that I think has won the locker room. I think he's won over the staff, but they need competition because he needs to be pushed all the way to the finish line, or at least as far as he can. And I've told you probably for six months my opinion on this. I do think that whoever won the quarterback job, which I do, I have admitted, and I'm on record as saying I think it's going to be Jackson Dart. I think the backup quarterback is going to be Walker Howard. And I think the quarterback room could look drastically different, honestly, by the time Mercer gets kicked off. 
It's not that I don't think that Spencer Sanders can win the job. I think he absolutely has the talent to provide things that are very much a positive for that Ole Miss offense. I don't know, though, looking at it, it's like, does he give Ole Miss a plus chance to win over Jackson Dart? That is something I do not know at this point. And it'll be interesting to see moving forward. Either way, I am looking forward to this quarterback competition no matter what happens. I am looking forward to seeing the storylines that come out of fall camp. I do expect Spencer Sanders to go out and compete his tail off at least for the first two weeks. He is going to give it the college try. Understand that. And Lane Kiffin's going to let him give it the college try. I think that has a lot to do with this as well. You're being told that you have a, you're going to have a chance to come in and compete for the job, and he hasn't been completely healthy. I do think that happens. Now, my attitude is going to change if we get into Mercer game week and they are playing games again. If they are doing that charade like they did last year, that I think absolutely hurt Jackson Dart's growth at the end of the season and allowed him to grow more slowly than if you would have just named him two weeks prior and given him all the reps and absolutely built him for that process because mentally, at that point, he could become a starting quarterback as opposed to somebody that is competing with Luke Altmaier. I think you would have seen a different quarterback, even against Troy, even before Central Arkansas. I think he would have been the dude that we would have all hoped he could have been by the end of the year. Now, we can all litigate what happened at the end of last year as much as we want to. I do not think the end of the last year was Jackson Dart's fault. I think the team could have been in a better position and he would have been in better shape mentally, physically, the whole nine yards if at the last August 20th, Jackson Dart is named the starter as opposed to September 20th. I think that month stunted his growth just a little bit. Now, when we come back, we're going to have a just a jam-packed show. We're going to tell you what's going on with Katie Hill. It's kind of a sad situation. Everybody needs to pray about that. We're going to talk about Juice Fest and a prospect that is kind of under the radar with not a lot of film that is going to be in town. There's going to be a lot of players coming into Oxford for that. And we're going to do a viewer mailbag as part of our countdown to camp. Um, we have put it on to where you can post on Twitter with the hashtag Loom, L-O-O-M. And with any question about fall camp that you want me to talk about, and we are going to dedicate segment three of each show for the next, what is it, seven shows to that. And we're going to put those out as standalones potentially on certain days. So pretty fired up about that. We're going to give that a try as well. But first, I do want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is the perfect fit. The same is true when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when it, com when, 
when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay's guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers, and there's only eligible items only. Exclusions will apply. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. For your second listen, check out Locked On SEC. And for our everydayers, understand that we are going to be doing our countdown to camp process all week. We're working on some different things, and there could be some surprises on the, along the way, but it, you definitely want to tune in for this. But before we get started, I do want to let you know, K.D. Hill, the Chucky Mullins Award winner from last year, was involved in a serious car accident on the interstate in Alabama. It is popping up all over um, the news. Apparently, his vehicle hit a tree. I don't know exactly what happened. I don't know the finality of, of it, and I don't want to be the person that takes wild guess, but I am told that it is serious and that everybody needs to pray about that. And once I find out some information about how Ole Miss fans can donate to what Katie Hill is going through, I will post that on the show as well and give you the opportunity to help out this really good rebel that's going through this really, really hard time. It's Katie Hill. He's a Chucky Mullins Award winner. Um, involved in a serious traffic accident in Alabama. I think he, I think he's going to survive, but I do think his life is going to change a little bit. Um, that's that's the rumor that's going around. So keep KD in your prayers. Um, really great rebel, really great football player. We all remember what it was like when he called home and when he got the Chucky Mullins College Courage Award last year. But just a just an unbelievably sad story. And um, I hate that for KD. And we're all rooting for you, buddy. And I hope anything you need, we can take care of. Just let us know what you need as well. So we're going to segue. It's going to be hard to segue from that um, because it's an unbelievable sad story. But this is the week of Juice Fest. Juice Fest is here. And we can all know about Juice Fest because essentially what it is is a cookout to where they, an excuse to do an unofficial visit weekend to get players on campus, to get a large number of them. And you kind of get an idea who Ole Miss is going to be recruiting for the next cycle and also some players that they're trying to get in this cycle. Now, we asked Patrick Broomfield this past weekend if he was going to Juice Fest. He is not, but he is going Thursday, which is before Juice Fest, for just a private visit where he's going to get to see the Manning Center and all that. Patrick Broomfield came on the show and was where decked out in Ole Miss gear, and he said he was a thousand percent committed. So that that is what you need to take from that. But there's going to be players that are going to be visiting Ole Miss that we need to pay attention to. These the players that show up in Oxford for this are players that we need to pay attention to moving forward in the class of 2025, in the class of 2024. Now, um. One player that is going to come in is Deuce Knight. He is supposed to be in Oxford. This is from Hotty Toddy Recruiting. Says he's going to be in Oxford for Juice Fest. Um, he's the number one quarterback in Mississippi. Ole Miss is in a tight recruiting battle with Tennessee already. Alabama's going to be in this. I like Juice Knight or Deuce Knight. 
he is a really good player. He is a really good football player. And Deuce Knight and Juice Fest, is, this will not be the first time that I make that mistake. But he's not the only player that's going to be around. We've talked to Jeffrey Rush, who is planning to be up, which is the head recruiter. So anybody that's basically a 2024, Jeffrey Rush will be all over it as well. Now, there's one player that is interesting, and he's a class of 2025. You will find names like this. His name is Tristan Glass. He is from Copperas Cove, I believe, um, in Texas. And he is somebody that, let's see, I'm, I'm bringing up this thing. He's not in. I've actually closed the window because I'm super great about that. It was Copper's Cove. He's six foot three, 160 pounds. And he currently has offers to California and UNLV. Not much. And then you're like, okay, what's going on? Why is he going to Ole Miss? I'm paying attention because it's not easy for somebody from that area of Texas to get to Oxford, Mississippi willy nilly. Why is he making that trip? So I was looking, went and looked for film. And he's rated as a three-star on 24-7. He's unrated on three ESPN and Rivals. And as I've told everybody multiple times, that whenever that happens, it's usually because they don't have film or a lot of it. And I went online to try and find his huddle profile. And sure enough, he only has non-district film from 22 up on his profile. So it's going to be hard for him to get rated not having updated film. So we'll see exactly what he does and how he could... I don't know, blow up, for lack of a better word. We know that Derek Nix and Lane Kiffin have spotted this guy because he would not have an, alter, an, an offer to visit on this weekend if he wasn't a player. Now, if you look at his highlights, you look there, he's, he's a big possession-type wide receiver. And I can see he's got really sure hands. He's really hard to bring down. He's really, really a physical wide receiver, and they use him in different places um, in Copper's Cove, you know, up the middle, um, on the outside. He's a really good route runner. You can see exactly how he would flash to where he would sit, get to that. But it will get to Ole Miss that he's going to get there, and Ole Miss, I guarantee you, is going to weigh him, going to measure him, probably going to time him in some way. And we will see if something builds off of this intro visit. This is one of those things that I tell people all the time about to where he visits what's going on. But this is kind of like the first impression thing. And the next situation that Ole Miss is going to try and do is get him back for camp to where they can see him on the field. And this is a player that could be a camp type invite in six months. So it would be really interesting to see exactly how it goes for him. All right, when we come back, we're going to get into our viewer mail. And um, we had questions get asked all the time. Um, we picked out two questions today, um, basically to riff on as well, where we'll talk about that. If you have any questions, use hashtag Loom, L-O-O-M. Ask your question. If it is a good one, I will use it on the show over the next, I don't know, about nine days until camp starts. Comment down below those questions with hashtag Loom as well. And I will use that if it is a good question as well. I use Facebook, Facebook Threads, Twitter, and YouTube 
for the comments um, for this countdown to camp. Um, so stick around for that. We'll be right back. Thanks for making the Locked On Almost podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, I am Stephen Willis, and this is a viewer mail segment of the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. And I like doing viewer mail. I like doing things that people want to talk. We're all about perspectives and commentary. So any way that we can do perspectives and give a different voice other than my own as a platform to for your supporting of Ole Miss athletics, that's a win for every Ole Miss fan. Because I tell people all the time, it doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter if I'm right or wrong. It doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. Ole Miss fans need a place to say it. And if I can make this more of an opportunity as a free platform for Ole Miss fans to enjoy following college football, college basketball, Ole Miss in general, then this is a win and this is a successful thing. And this is the reason that I've been on the iTunes charts for three weeks. This is the reason I've completely blown up to the level that we are video-wise. It is because it's not about me. It's about us. I talk about all the time. Ole Miss every day. It's a lifestyle. Ole Miss every day. It's what we're about. It's our mantra. And to do that, I can't rely on what's going on with Ole Miss sports day to day. I need to rely on what you're saying from time to time. So let's get into the mailbag without further ado. Rebel and Dog Country, that's um at Brian or at Joiner Brian too. Who can fill Evans' role from last year? Perimeter run threat to complement um, Quinshawn Evans. Quinshawn Judkins made a huge difference last year when boxes got stacked. Bentley Riscano? Question mark. Now, this is an excellent question. Thank you very much, Brian, for sending it in. Now, I think the offense is going to look a little bit different, and it's going to look closer to what it was in 2021 than 2022. I do agree with what you said. Whenever um, Evans was a healthy back, whenever Zach Evans was playing ball, Ole Miss was a different team than when he wasn't. LSU won the game last year in large part because Zach Evans didn't play. That outside run threat, was so elite for Ole Miss. Now, Zach Evans was not the in-between-the-tackles guy. And honestly, if you wanted to game plan with whatever's going on, you could game plan based off of Zach Evans being in and Quinshawn Judkins being in. But the outside run game, just look at the Texas A&M game to where after the LSU game, Zach Evans decided to play a little bit, even though he was injured. And he was just a weapon on the outside. And A&M was just lost. It was, they were just at a loss. And that outside run is a huge component of the game. Now, I'm not saying that Quinshawn can't develop that part of his game. If you look at statistics and analytics, Quinshawn was one of the faster running backs in the country last season. Him getting to the outside is going to come. But I do think that there needs to be an aspect of inside and outside um, with this offense. But I think it will come with Riscano and 
Ulysses Bentley the fourth. And last year, Bentley hurting his arm also put a huge monkey wrench into um, Ole Miss's plans running the football. I, I do think it's going to look more like 2021 when you had Henry Parrish and Snoop Connor and Jerry and Ely. I, I think the offense is going to look that more that way in the run game. Now, we might run the ball more. We still could be 70 75% run because we have the best player in college football at running back. But I think the offense is going to look a little bit different. And I think they're going to get him touches in different ways. Instead of getting 25 touches a game running the ball like Quinshawn did last year, he might get 16 touches running the ball and seven touches receiving the ball. The point is to get the ball in Quinshawn's hands in space. The same thing with Kedra Criscano, who was the MVP of the Polynesian Bowl, which gaining over 100 yards in an all-star game, you should pay attention to that. Um, and also... Um, I think Ulysses Bentley could be a plus Jerry and Ely with the ball, and we should pay a definite attention to what's going on with him. Now, David Jackson had a question as well. Why should I or why should I not expect LSU to be better than Ole Miss and Alabama and win the West? And in a related question, why am I correct in asserting that A&M's ceiling is fourth in the West? All right. The first thing, LSU has the probably the best front seven not named Georgia in the Southeastern Conference, period. They have the um, preseason SEC quarterback, QB1, as well. Malik Neighbors is a heck of a wide receiver. They have a fantastic left tackle. They have pieces to be very successful. If LSU went 12-0, I would not be surprised. If LSU went 8-4, though, I would also not be surprised. Is Jaden Daniels going to be the quarterback that he was for three or four games last year, or is he going to regress to what he was? Is there going to be a problem with continuity with Mason Taylor and Malik Neighbors? Is LSU going to find that stud running back? I know they got a transfer. Is he going to be the dude? Those are real-life questions that shows how LSU could be number one, and how LSU could be number three. I think their four is three, though, in the West. LSU is a very good team as far as the pieces that they have. But whenever you look at, like, Jaden Daniels and the, the ceiling, while they can get there, there's a lot of things that need to go right. And Brian Kelly always is harping on how the secondary, who they've addressed that in the transfer portal, it's a concern. They're doing that out of necessity. So we'll see exactly what that defense looked like. Matt House had them really humming by the end of last year. But catching them early, it'll be interesting to see if they can beat Florida State at the beginning. It'll be interesting to see if they get past Ole Miss at the end of September. It's one of those situations at the end of September. You will, you will know exactly what you have with Alabama, with LSU, and with Ole Miss. It's the end of September this year. You'll know exactly what you have. Now, in the fourth question, or the fourth and the West question about A&M, I agree with you. A&M's in show-me mode. They are absolutely in show-me mode. And they have all the talent in the world, but if they're running the defense that they ran last year, people are going to be able to run the ball on them, just like they did last year, which means their offense is going to have to be super explosive to win games. Now, it could happen. Bobby Petrino has a history of doing that, but he also has a history of doing that in 2008 
when was the last time Bobby Petrino was really that dude? He's coaching at Missouri State before he went to Texas A&M. So he might have the reputation of how the offense can be run a certain way, but I, I don't know if this is the home run that we think it is. Also, before we get out of here, I do want to let everybody know these are the Locked On Ole Miss predictions. I wanted to put those up so people could screenshot it and use them in my face whenever um, these are not the predictions that go out. I do think Mississippi State is seventh in the West. They play their most difficult games at home, and their easier games are on the road, which means a one and seven is a possibility for them. It it's just is what it is. Auburn is in the same boat, kind of. They they get Alabama and Georgia and LSU. Just a brutal, brutal schedule. Arkansas, I need to see what that offense looks like without Kendall Bryles. I put A&M where they are because, you know, who knows? They have all the talent in the world. Ole Miss at three, I put them there because I expect Alabama to win the West because they have the home game with LSU. I do think it is Alabama-LSU game in the West. In the East, Georgia, Tennessee, Kentucky, South Carolina, Florida, Missouri, Vanderbilt. And it's pretty close. The SEC media, if you flip three and four, both in the East and the West, and that's exactly what the SEC media came up with. It's pretty excited about that as well because that means, you know, I'm not barking up the wrong tree. I'm not completely on an island. Anyway, thanks for tuning in today, and thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available whenever you get your podcast. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Every dayers, we're going to continue this countdown to camp um, show lineup that we're doing over the next eight days. We're also going to try and sprinkle in some guests to talk about Ole Miss football as well. So thank you very much. Enjoy your Monday, and we'll see you tomorrow. Hotty toddy.